among all of these various opportunity possibilities that you have, right? And I'm talking about yeah. strictly the top of funnel lead generation, right? Acquisition yes, channels. Yes. So what yeah. you're betting on? What do you feel? What What's your gut feel that that you believe is going to work for you in the next three to six months? Yeah. So honestly, my main thing that I think is going to make successful is doing podcasts like this. Okay. I have already booked another ten podcasts. Um, I know from everything I've done that like PR comes before marketing. So you know. If you can say and send an email that says whatever, but if they can't Google you or they can't Google the company and then see that validation either from the landing page like I've been working on or a podcast or YouTube videos, so that's my main focus right now is just building like that. I call it like the static, so that when someone sees something, they go, "Oh yeah, this is real. This is legit." You are listening to the Twelve Minute SaaS Podcast with your host Upendra Verma. Every week, I interview the world's best B two B SaaS founders to understand how they're growing their company. I ask them real SaaS metrics like ARR, growth rate, churn, etc., and deep dive into their exact processes. Let's listen to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Today we have Austin Kerr with us. So Austin here runs a company called Human Agement, and let's talk to Austin about his growth journey so far. Right? Hey, Austin, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good. So let's let's talk about your uh, company and product first. So what does your company do, and why do customers pay you money? So I have a kind of all-in-one solution for employee management. My software is basically like an HR software that is quite a bit expanded to help owners or CEOs like completely um, manage the business. So tools like uh, policy management, training employees, requests and approvals, uh, keeping track of business metrics or production, uh, keeping track of employees' production, clock in, clock out, that sort of stuff. Got it. So uh, help me understand more about the product, right? So. Uh... Who are you really focused to, towards, right? Who are you selling it to? Are these SMBs mid market, or are you selling to enterprise clients? Who are your primary audience? So I basically have, honestly, I, I'm still a growing company, so I'm still sorting some of these things out. But there's basically two main uh, client sets that I've gotten so far. Uh, the first one is an enterprise client mainly. So my software has a a specific way of handling an LMS or or a training. That uh, builds audit logs, which is really, really useful for people who are going for like ISO 9000 compliance, or you know, if you have like a, a dentist office and your employees need to read certain literature that updates every quarter, every year, and then you get audited on that. My system will handle that all automatically, which is a really powerful feature for people who need that. So, in that sense, it's more of uh, enterprise software, you know, a little bit more into those niches of people who need compliance. The other um, public that I have, which is honestly quite different, is basically uh, like smaller companies that are growing or growth-minded. So you know, ten to fifty person companies. Um, without going into it too much, basically the idea is like if you are really good at something or you want to be your own boss, then you're going to start a company. And a lot of people do that. They start SaaSes, they start lawn mowing companies, they start anything, right? And so. They usually start it for those reasons because they want to make money because they're really good at something or because they don't want a boss. But what happens is, within you know a year or two, if they're successful, they're going to end up needing staff. They're going to need assistants, other people to produce the product, salespeople, and there's going to be a shift one day where they realize that they, if they start a lawn care company, they haven't actually mowed a lawn now in a year because although that's what they started as, now they're a business owner, and a business owner is mainly a people manager. Got so. It. Yeah, so a lot of people. Yeah, so yeah, l- l- I think I got yeah. a sense of you know what your company is all about. So help me understand where you are at as of today. So how many paying customers do you have? Uh, so right now my paying customers is eight. 
eight, eight and, companies. Yeah. Right, and, and so be, between those eight companies, it's about uh, 74 active users. Okay, got it. And how much revenue did you do last month? Approximate. approximate. So last month, my revenue was about. So my my monthly recurring revenue was about uh, two fifty, and then my I'm also selling an LTD. Um, so for my LTD, I had about another five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. All right, got it. So uh, looks like you're pretty, you know, in that initial stages and still trying to figure out who you really sell to, right? So talk about these eight customers, right? So who are they? Are are there any enterprise customers in there, or you just, or these just you know your SMBs? Um, so of the ones who are playing monthly, those are all like, yeah, small businesses, mainly through like personal referrals. Um, from the get go, when I started the software, I reached out to friends and families who I knew the software could help. And I had them sign up like for free at that point, uh, you know, with a future date, once the software was stable, they would then start paying me money. So that's the bulk of that. Um, I do have another two people who I've gotten, uh, that are like more detached, like a friend of a friend of a friend who heard about it from someone who have now signed up. And then on the enterprise side, that's all been from like LTV people who have like more of the compliance issues. And that's kind of where I like learned that this is a, a, a niche that I can help. And so now I'm kind of trying to exp explore into that. Interesting, interesting. So I'm hearing this for the first time. So talk about this, you getting a couple of enterprise clients from doing that LTDs. So typically I wouldn't expect a major enterprise to sort of buy such deals because they are really not tailored for them. Yeah, so so it, it's specifically it's it's basically like two companies that have like a hundred employees. So it's not like you know enterprise enterprise companies, but it, it's still hundred really employees. Hundred employees is definitely a big business, and I'm assuming yeah. you eventually all of those hundred employees are going to be users on your platform once they onboard you, because you are yeah exactly. So so basically like yeah the 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 whole LTV thing has been really interesting for me because. My software doesn't really have a place in the LTD world. Yeah. Like the LTD is all a lot of like growth hackers and individual people. That's not really a lot of like corporations. So, you know, the, the big bulk, I go, yeah, this is an LTD or they see an ad, they go, yeah, I wouldn't do that. So the people who I have gotten, basically, they are, you know, either an owner or an executive at the company who has a side hustle doing more of your standard LTD type stuff. You know, they do some marketing stuff on the side. And then that's why they're part of the LTD community. And then they happened to see my thing and went, oh, well, that could actually fit the thing that I don't usually buy LTDs for. And they're buying and so it for the company that they're working for. Yeah, or for the company so that they have. Pick, but pick, pick not... one such LTD deal, right? So uh, like, pick that one uh, you know, enterprise client that has around 100 users, sorry, 100 employees mm -hmm. in there, right? So how many seeds did they buy from you for that LTD so, deal? Yeah, so what they originally bought was 20 seats. Um, they're now going through... They, honestly, they originally thought that 20 seats would have given them everything. So now I'm in talks with them trying to understand whether or not they're... Uh, you know, I can convince them to keep some of those new employees on MMR, what sort of discount I need. Because obviously at this point, I'm mainly interested in just getting them. So, you know, I'm not so concerned about like, you know, the income. I'm more concerned about like the use case and, you know, what I can kind of draw from it. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's fair. So, so uh, yeah. help me understand your pricing a bit. So, for, like, how much do you charge per user on your platform, approximately? So it's five dollars per user slash employee. So each employee yeah. is a user. So, yes, right. so essentially, yeah, right. you could convert this enterprise client into something like you know, five hundred dollar per month. That's around five thousand ACV, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Which would be very very 
Nice. There was one company that I'm going to go back to now because the other way that I've gotten some people, um, actually one of my monthly users, I forgot. So the way I got them was basically I've been doing some paid surveys on a platform called respondent.io. So respondent is really cool because you, instead of just kind of like doing a survey and a bunch of people are making like a dollar to answer a question, or whatever, instead it's a little bit more targeted. You're going to pay more like 50 bucks to get like a 30 minute session with someone, but you get a post on their platform and be like, I'm looking for an executive of a company this size who has these types of problems and blah, and I'll pay him $50 for an hour of his time. And so you get more high quality people. And so I've been doing that to understand like, you know, how to position the software, how to market it, the words, you know, uh, walkthroughs of the software. And so one of those people is another one that I'm courting who didn't come from the LTD space, but they basically, um, have a it's like a hospital and so they had some requests for for some additional features um to make the compliance management more robust and so now i'm going back to them and trying to close this, this hospital, so, which sounds let, crazy let, let, let me stop you right so i've, I've listened yeah, yeah. to a lot of things here so i, I have a few questions here right so <laughs> you started out with explaining that your product has this unique feature where you sort of log these audit trails and that helps people with compliance right uh yeah does it Sort something like that, right? So does it really help a typical SMB business, right? So I really don't expect an SMB to sort of go for such compliances. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so to better explain it, um, my my software does a lot. Yeah, it, so so that's it, what I'm trying to understand, big, right? So right? so so okay. Now so, my question is: so the my, compliance is just happens to be of one of the features. Yeah. My question yeah, is like exactly you're just all over the place, right? I mean, I know you're just starting out, you're still trying to figure <laughs> out, you know where to go, yeah, who fair. to, you know, how to position yourself, but mm-hmm. like, how are you viewing this? Right. So what will happen over the next, let's say three to six months, right? So are you going to strictly target enterprise customers or are you going to sort of, you know, do, you know, target this SMB speed market customers or how, how are you viewing this? Or- yeah. So mainly I'm, I plan on trying both markets and kind of creating different funnels for the different markets because I have had success in my standard SMB clients, like the, the people who I envision the software for, I do have success with that. So I don't want to turn that off. I'm still figuring that out. And then I want to build a separate funnel for those enterprise clients, um, more specifically, maybe just selling that compliance feature. Talk because, to me about yeah, those like, initiatives, the funnels that you're trying to build. So let's split it into two, right? Talk about enterprise first and talk about the SMBs second. So what are those initiatives in terms of acquisition that you're sort of, you know, playing around with as of today? Oh, gotcha. I'm thinking of just cold outreach, okay. uh, like LinkedIn email. Um, it's pretty easy to find companies who do like ISO compliance. So just so reaching t- out to talk them. To me, talk to me about the process that you're following. I know it's a bit vague, right? So like, what exactly mm-hmm. are you doing as of today that you're hoping that will give you results in like three or four months down the line? Gotcha. So I'm working on the funnel is the thing that I'm working on. I'm working on not the outreach, but building the page that can properly just very succinctly sell that one service. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Like, why are you trying to optimize your funnel without actually pouring in leads into the funnel? Or what's the no, thought process because, so, so the problem is that my page right now isn't geared towards that type of client. So, you know, if I email them and I start talking to them, they want more information, but they aren't willing to jump in a meeting. Like, I do also have, uh, like, automatic e- messages going out on email. So I, I have already started that process. Mm-hmm. But in the meanwhile, I do need a place that I can send them where that will confirm what I'm saying that, you know, gives a little bit more of that authority or, you know, succinctly explains, hey, this is how I can help with compliance. So that's why I'm just not like building the entire funnel, but just a page that I can say, yeah, go here. You can see a use case. You can understand 
very quickly. This is how, you know, within 10 minutes, you can save yourself 80 hours on compliance. So you haven't really started these cold email campaigns or outreach campaigns, is it? No, I have. You I have, have also. What, yeah, what, so like what, I already what started do those spinning up the LinkedIn. Initial results look like. So where exactly are you missing these, or where are these leads getting slipped from? Oh, I got you. So I started two days ago. Okay. So I haven't really gotten much response from it yet. I have one meeting with someone from that process. Um, I basically started like I I did a survey with someone who's an ISO person, um, like another paid one, and then I kind of like worked on my funnel based on that data. So. You know, starting with like a very small line, like, you know, hey, having trouble with ISO compliance. And then I have like a chain of emails to go after that. And that would cross, so follow about two months. So Austin, I would like to understand what your background is when you started building this company. Right. So, so I want to understand like how you're going to build this company because it's very interesting to pick a founder's mind during those initial days. Because I, I, yeah. I see you have like a lot of things, you know, you have to do a lot of things. I want to understand <laughs> how are you going to sort of selectively choose among these things, right? That's going to make you successful eventually. Because if you if you do take this misstep, right? So for example, if you invest in something that's not really going to work, for example, if you focus on yeah. let's say enterprise clients and maybe you're doing you know SEO or something and who knows, it, it, it might not just work, right? So yeah, how are you sure. making these decisions and what's your background and how are you learning all of these things if, if that's something that you don't have? Yeah, um, so I have a lot of experience in marketing, sales and HR. I've done about 15 years of HR. Um, the last company I worked at was a real estate investment firm. Um, I was in charge of HR, marketing and sales. So I have honestly a lot of experience like building these funnels and doing these sorts of things. Of course, I'm continuing to be a student. So pretty much every day I'm reading something new, reading an article, reading a blog, different strategies, different wording. Um, the hard part for me has been being in the SaaS space because I'm so used to being in the investment space and selling real estate investments, selling big properties, that sort of stuff. So this is obviously an entirely different beast. I understand all like the basics. I've also done a lot of like manage or like HR or uh, marketing consulting. Like it helps a lot of e-commerce businesses. So that's where I'm kind of like, I have some some successful actions. I've yeah, made yeah, yeah. some people I, I, I a lot of money. I got your background. So now yeah. let me ask you a question, right? Mm -hmm. So among all of these various opportunity possibilities that you have, right? And I'm talking about yeah. strictly the top of funnel lead generation, right? Acquisition yeah, channels. Sure. So what yeah. you're betting on? What do you feel? What what's your gut feel that that you believe is going to work for you in the next three to six months? And what are your targets? What are your realistic uh, targets to achieve them? Yeah. So honestly, my main thing that I think is going to make successful is doing podcasts like this. I have already booked another 10 podcasts. Um, I know from everything I've done that like PR comes before marketing. So, you know, if you can say and send an email that says whatever, but if they can't Google you or they can't Google the company and then see that validation either from the landing page like I've been working on or podcast or YouTube videos. So that's my main focus right now is just building like that. I call it like the static so that when someone sees something, they go, oh, yeah, this is real. This is legit. Um, and very, so very I know that if I, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know that you're, you're for, set out to sort of build your brand for your company and yourself, right? Is the, and so that mm -hmm. you could sort of build credibility in the eyes of your potential customers. And so that's a right. very interesting sort of uh, thinking, right? Especially at this stage. Right? So I want to yeah. understand uh, how you sort of measuring this, or maybe can you like quantify this and what makes you believe, what makes you think that this is going to work rather than maybe, you know, doing something else, right? For example, you could just work on maybe SEO, start writing blog posts, you could do n number of things at this point of time, right? So what makes mm -hmm. what makes you think that this is going to be a successful acquisition channel in the long term? Would love to really hear your thoughts on that. Because I've seen it successful in many other channels. 
Okay. Um, you know, like I said, I've done marketing consulting for people. And so I know that this sort of PR type work, the static or, you know, creating things, blogs also work, but can be a little bit more time intensive. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I've seen it work in many other niches. So I kind of know, yeah, this, this is what, you know, if they, because one of the problems that people get into is they do things that take a lot of time, like building a whole bunch of blogs or like doing content every day and posting on their Instagram. And although those things work, it takes a lot of investment to get the return. Whereas, you know, being featured on a blog article, getting someone else to put a YouTube video, doing podcasts, these types of things you do once, it takes the one hour that I'm doing with you, maybe 30 minutes of emailing, and then it lives and it grows forever. So that's a very high value, low cost uh, or high reward, low cost thing. So I know that you want to do those things first because you're going to get the most from those over time. Yeah, that's, versus that's like okay. a paid ad, which you paid thirty dollars, it's gone. Even if I had to pay for like a really good podcast, it's still better because it stays there. And it, yeah. you know, four years later, someone could still come from to me from that. Versus that, yeah, Facebook ad, which yeah, that's really that very interesting. Yeah, yeah, you perfectly ex- explained what I what I, what I was trying to understand, right? So that's that's yeah. pretty interesting, right? Yeah, Austin, I think uh, you know, I think we're running out of time, anyways, right? So yeah, yeah. like. Just uh, sort of give me some backstory of the company. Right? When did you start the company? So I started about um, nearly two years ago. Uh, I started doing some software development in my last role at my company, like also managing sales and HR or whatever. And so I kind of I started putting a lot of th- tools together that I had been using, like uh, for training employees, for keeping track of HR, blah, blah, blah. And then I was talking to a lot of my other friends who are now some of my first users, and they were like, oh my God, I want all these things. How are you building these? I, I need those. And I was like, oh, okay. I can see that there's a public here. There's people who, you know, like I was saying, are in the situation when they started a business. They weren't really planning on being in management. Now they are, and they need some help. And so when did you write your first line of code? My first line of code was written. That's a great question. I think it was October of 2020. It's been around two years approximately. Yeah, almost two. Yeah, I, so I started coding with this project. I had managed um, developers before in my last role, but I never actually coded. Mm-hmm. So I started uh, coding with this project. That's okay. I just wanted to understand when did you actually start building the product, right? So it, it's around October 2020, right? Yeah, and I've had one developer that I've had that entire time who's built most of it. And I've kind of just like mainly done UI changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So me and Kazim have been there since day one. And he's like, yeah. he's my dude. If I didn't have Kazim, I'd be... I'd be lost. I love that guy. Okay. Uh, and when did you sort of get that first dollar of revenue? Uh, so the first dollar of revenue was about, mm, I think, two months ago. Two months ago. So yeah. like, there like looks like there are 22 months in between this time, right? When you started writing your first <laughs> kind of code and your first dollar of revenue. So what happened during that time? Um, a lot of mistakes, uh, honestly. Um, I built some stuff wrong from the get-go that I had to redo. I had some hires who... Yeah. Yeah, and how many folks do you have in your team as of today? Um, so my team is Kazim. I have another person who's part-time on the development side. Then I have one full-time VA. So okay. it's a total of four, if you include me. Or and can and I ask, what's your funding status? Did you raise any? Or you... No. So I I still do custom development. Yeah, custom developing for my old employer. And so I, fortunately, you know, my last job, as well as now I make a decent amount of money, um, not great, but something. And so I basically funnel every single penny I have into the software, which I really wish it hadn't been two years, but you know, it is what it is. But because of that, I do have income coming in monthly. 
although it's not specifically for this. Um, and so because of that, I'm not, I don't have like a, uh, you know, I will run out of money here or I have to do another raise. Yeah. Everything is just me and it's, you know, I can All survive. Right. Yeah. yeah. Austin, that's, that's pretty great. So yeah, uh, it, it's great talking to you. Hope you scale yeah. human engagement to much greater heights. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Have a nice day.